Sell the team? Get your mama to sell the team. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you're there. We've been waiting for you. Welcome back. It's another episode of Locked on A's. I'm your host, Lifetime A's fan, Wayne Coy. And of course, all things athletics here on Locked on A's, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And happy to have you here today. Our episode today is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is uh, be a new customer and place a $5 money line bet, and you get $150 in bonus bets. That's huge. That's huge. Take advantage. And you need to go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and you'll get all the details, and you can get started right there. Okay, so we start today talking about John Fisher, surprise, surprise, A's owner who uh, has been uh, in the news quite a bit, and actually on the news quite a bit, which is something new for the reclusive Mr. Fisher who typically you see about as often as the groundhog sees its shadow, right? I mean, the guy's been around for years and years and years, and we never saw him or heard from him. Now, all of a sudden, it's like every day he's in the, in the news. Okay, and it is the Las Vegas Review Journal, but, you know, got to start somewhere. Anyway, uh, Fisher, the headline says, no intentions of selling the team. A's John Fisher says he has no intentions of selling the team. Now, interesting in that this follows up Major League Baseball saying, if you do sell the team, Johnny Johnny, whoops, Johnny Johnny, got a little something, something for you, and that would be a flip tax. And we broke all that down for you on the last episode, but basically it's a 20% tax for the first five years, all the way up to 2028, and then it goes down to 10%, and then gradually less and less, and then it's gone completely after 2033. So it's a 10-year deal for all intents and purposes. Major League Baseball owners just kind of CYA, yeah, that's what they're doing, just making sure that if indeed this is a pump and dump that they get uh, taken care of. In effect, basically, it's a relocation fee if you look at it that way. Now, if he doesn't sell the team, then nobody gets anything, right? One thing that I was wondering about, and this has just hit me like, an hour ago, what if John Fisher gifted the team to his family or to his mom, Doris, and then Doris sold the team? Would the rules still apply? I don't know. I'm just asking. I mean, you know, it's what billionaires do, right? They, they find ways to, to get around stuff. That's why they're billionaires. Okay. Anyway, the quotes are, and these are important, I guess, um, because, well, because John said them. So let's give you the quote. I want my family to own the A's long into the future, end quote. That's Fisher telling Mick Akers, surprise, surprise, of the surprise, surprise, Las Vegas Review Journal. We are committed to building a state-of-the-art ballpark on the Strip and bringing more championships to Southern Nevada. So there you go. That's, of course, following the unanimous relocation vote. 30 owners vote. 
30 owners say, yeah, sure, go to Vegas. Because we want to make sure if we ever want to move, we can do it too. I guess, you know, that like, we don't even really want to beat this horse to death, but it seems like we we do. But it's just uh, not a lot there to really consider, but they voted anyway. So there you go. Now, one of the things I'm interested about is expanding a little bit on this where he says, um, never crossed his mind is what the article says. The idea of selling the team never crossed his mind, <laughs> which I have a hard time believing when you are inundated everywhere you look, any story about the A's, including this one, you're going to see images where people are wearing shirts that say sell when they're actually chanting, sell the team. And you're at an Oakland A's game and there's a movie coming out called the summer of sell. How could it never have crossed your mind? I mean, you know, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt that you got a fan base that wants you to sell the team and let them stay in Oakland. So how do you say that it never crossed your mind? Of course it did. You just don't want to do it. And you have a right, I guess, to not sell your team. It's your team. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Almost, but not quite as interesting as FanDuel and what they're up to. Check this out. It's NFL football. That's what we're doing. We're talking about what's happening in the National Football League, and FanDuel wants you to get involved and score big this football season. Here's what you do. If you're a new customer, you sign up, you get the app, you get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins on a $5 money line bet. Pretty simple stuff. Just pick the team you think is going to win, and if you win then you get that $150 in bonus bets from FanDuel. If you've been thinking about doing it, I'm telling you, this is the time to get her done because, well, you're smack dab in the middle of the NFL season. And this is when it gets good, right? A lot of fun to watch the game, even more fun if you're involved with FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's where you need to go. Have some fun this season with FanDuel. They are, of course, the official partner of the National Football League. I always want to say that like Chris Berman, the National Football League. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on to Martin Gallegos, who is the uh, A's beat reporter. He used to work for the Mercury News, and now he works for MLB.com. I'm a big fan of Martin's work. I think he's a, a great writer, and I love uh, I love his insight. I love the fact that He's got that inside track, and we can really find out some of the things that only he and a few others could be exposed to because they're with the team all the time. Um, interesting, though, because Martin puts out, well, I guess MLB puts out for every team a newsletter, and of course I've been subscribed to it for a long time. But in today's uh, A's Beat newsletter, um, all it is is just kind of a recap, step-by-step, event-by-event, cause by cause of everything that the Oakland athletics did uh, that would be considered charitable for 2023. So these, these are all their charitable actions in the year that just ended. Now, why we need to have sort of an accounting or a report card right now, I'm not quite so sure, except for the fact that there's some heat 
And so how do you counter the heat? You say, hey, look, we're good guys after all. I, I just, to me, that's the one time I've been, I guess, disappointed with uh, Martin's newsletter because I, I can't see that him thinking, well, this is newsworthy. You just said you don't want to be here anymore. You just got a vote that approved for you to leave. So why are you, why are you worrying about telling everybody what you did in Oakland? Like I said, there's heat. And wherever there's heat, there's smoke. And there's, anyway, you know. Okay, Max Scherzer. Love that guy. Love his eyes. He's uh, talking about playing in Oakland and specifically in front of the Oakland A's fans and how that makes him feel. And his quote is, it feels like a World Series atmosphere. Pitching at the Coliseum, he said, craziest ever. He gets goosebumps thinking of pitching there. And this is a guy who has pitched in the World Series. Not in Oakland, of course. It's been a minute. But uh, he said, I feel for the fans in Oakland. Uh, it's a lose-lose situation for all. And I think he's talking about MLB, the ownership, fan base, team, of course, all of that. So uh, Max Scherzer, that's on foul territory. Just kind of being asked what his opinion was about the A's situation. And there's your answer. I've heard that so many times from players. And I think that's the biggest and loudest testament or testimony that you could ever get. Because these are the guys who make a living under those lights, on that grass, in that stadium, in that clubhouse. Now, he did say that the Coliseum has passed its expiration date. And I think we all agree on that. But I think he's also pointing out that there's a pretty, in fact, not pretty loyal, extremely loyal fan base there and that he feels for them because the team, at least by all indications, looks like it might be moving to Las Vegas. Of course, there's that whole schools over stadium thing and not to get back to Mick Akers and the LVRJ, but I think we have to because this is another uh, thing that has stood out to me and I just kind of don't understand it. In this article, though, the one about John Fisher not selling the team, that's in the RJ. There is a piece in there where they talk about schools over stadiums, which, you know, we've had here on the, uh, on the program, right? And we'll continue to have them on as they get closer and closer to possibly a referendum in the state of Nevada. But they talking about this in, in this article, they being the R, RJ and specifically uh, Mick, because he wrote it. The group filed a ballot referendum seeking to get the $380 million in public funds on the November 2024 ballot for voters to decide the fate of the team. A Carson City District Court judge struck down that petition to which schools over stadiums announced last week that it planned to file litigation in an attempt to block the stadium funding. The teachers group cited five instances. Okay, then they, they say, or he says, Danny Thompson, a lobbyist, with A's ties, who was one, one, of the two, two, who challenged schools over stadiums petition, said the pending lawsuit was not a huge concern on the team's end. Okay. The one that you just told us about there was Danny Thompson, lobbyist with A's ties. The one that you didn't talk about was the other guy. And we've said before here on the podcast, it's worth repeating, 
The other guy is Thomas Morley, who is a retired former political lead for Labor's local 872 in Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, one of his clients, as a lobbyist, in fact, the only one listed on the state record for this particular entity that I'm about to tell you, is Thomas Morley. He's the only one listed. And the client is the Las Vegas Review Journal. They've never mentioned it. There's never been one time that they've said, oh, by the way, Mr. Morley is a lobbyist for our publication. Isn't that kind of funny? There's two who brought the lawsuit, two plaintiffs. They won, at least round one anyway. Mentions Danny Thompson, lobbyist with A's ties. That's 50% of the equation. The other 50 and everybody behind him, Thomas Morley from the union. And the LVRJ. Yet you don't read that in their article. Not in this one, not in any of them so far. I'm waiting, Mick. The A's have already begun to leave their mark. Philip, I can never say that. Philanthropocaly. <laughs> Philanthropocaly. Philanthropocaly. I guess that's the word. Um, leave their mark with philanthropy. That's how I would say it. Because I can't pronounce this word. In Southern Nevada, donating to several causes. Now, this follows a theme, right? I just told you about Martin Gallegos and how his entire newsletter was everything the A's had done charitably in Oakland. And now in this article, it's all about the A's donating $25,000 a piece to the Public Education Foundation and Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Southern Nevada. Shout out, Big Brothers. It's my favorite charitable organization. So the A's are helping them. That's cool. 15000 to Henderson All-Stars to help fund their Little League World Series trip, providing 200 families in need with Thanksgiving meals and groceries. I think sports became much more than watching balls and strikes and watching your team win and lose. They become a critical part of the community, Fisher said. There's a robust group of young baseball players playing Little League throughout Vegas, and we want to see that grow. My family's been quite supportive of civic institutions and social services uh, throughout the Bay Area. And I feel like it's an important thing for us to do in Las Vegas as well, end quote. So they're getting the word out there about their charitable stuff uh, to whatever extent they've done that in the Bay Area and through Martin. And now through Mick, they're making sure you know about their charitable contributions and activities in Nevada, even though they haven't moved here yet. Still working on that deal. Okay. I just find it kind of interesting that with the red hot heat that comes down from uh, post decision and a lot of people um, kind of sharing an opinion, which is that they, they think it's a mistake and they don't know how the numbers are going to work and on and on and on. Lots of criticism. So in when, when, the, when the criticism comes, that's when you start to see spin and that's, you know, that's classic, really. It's exactly what they're doing right now. Hey, we got something brand new for you, and I think this is pretty cool. 
Yeah, Locked On Sports uh, getting together with the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Yeah, going where no man or woman has gone before. Locked On Sports here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories, not just baseball, not just the A's, not just John Fisher, all of it with local experts from Locked On all around the country, just like Locked On A's. And you get the national shows, too, that cover every league, like Locked On MLB. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe. It's the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Pretty cool. Well, how about some stuff that has nothing to do with John Fisher or the team being sold or the team moving or any of that? How about we just say congratulations to a guy who had some good years in the green and gold, Andrew Bailey. You remember Andrew Bailey? Yeah, he was the American League Rookie of the Year back in 2009. He was an all-star that year as well. Same with 2010. And he pitched in 2011 for the A's as well. Pretty much count on this guy for 25 saves a year. He saved a grand total of 75 over those three seasons. I think one year he had 26, and one year he had 24, and the other year he had 25. But yeah, three really good seasons for him. Went on to play for a few other teams, including the team that he is now the new pitching coach for. He uh, had that role, of course, with the Giants. And now Andrew has moved to Fenway Park, where he will be the Boston Red Sox new pitching, uh, not pitching coach, uh, pitching instructor coach. Yeah, they, they wrote the article that said pitching instructor. And I'm like, isn't that a pitching coach? Anyway, congratulations to you, Mr. Bailey. Pretty proud of you. I, I want you to know that I still drink every day. Well, not every day, but most days out of my Andrew Bailey mug root beer, root beer float day cup. In fact, I got like four of them. Every one of them, because of the dishwasher, <laughs> has melted Andrew's face to the point where he's not even recognizable. Kind of looks a little like Grant Balfour, to be honest. <laughs> but hey, they play the same position. Anyway. Uh, yeah, still drinking out of your cup, Andrew, and congrats on the new gig. Now, there's another one that I want to tell you about, and that is uh, former A's bench coach Brad Osmus, of course, was the manager of the Detroit Tigers as well. He was part of Mark Kotze's staff back in 2022. Last year, he left the staff so that he could go pursue a front office job. In fact, he was a candidate for the Astros GM gig. Didn't get that, and so now he's going to go back and uh, do what he did before, but he's doing it in the Bronx for the Yankees. He'll be their new bench coach uh, for the 2024 season. So congrats to Brad Osmus, couple of former A's coaches and players moving on to uh, some cool things for this next season, which is neat. Former Pirates phenom, a guy who came out of the Dominican Republic at the very old age of 18, that would be Asvaldo Beto, who, I'm not kidding you, at 18, a lot of people are like, ooh, because Dominican, it's like 13, right? Anyway, Pirates signed him, and a lot of people thought, you know, very highly of him and that uh, he would have a great career in baseball. He's had a little bit of a rough go, but he finally made his major league debut after, I think it was like 10 years, right? Yeah, see, 2017, I think, is when he was, yeah. 2017 to 2023, signed with the Pirates way back when. Actually, he wasn't 18. He was 21, so that's even older, right? 
Well, he's, uh, he's had a taste, had a great debut. He struck out six Cubs. Uh, team lost, but he pitched uh, four innings. Struck out six. Ended up being two and five with a 5.86 ERA. Not a whole lot to write home about there. Pirates decided to cut bait. A's have done what they need to do when you have no budget. I feel bad for David Forrest, really, because you got no money to spend. So you got to you got to keep uncovering the rocks, right? You got to keep looking. And this kid had a lot of buzz at one point, and uh, they're going to see if he's got what it takes to make the A's rotation, or at least in the bullpen. He did both this last year for the Pirates, started uh, nine games, and uh, appeared as a reliever in seven. So we'll see what happens. But they've grabbed him, free agent, $750,000 contract. And I think it might be the first actual contract issued by the A's for this year, which is just crazy. But yeah, they're putting the dollars out there, 750 which is uh, 10000 over the major league minimum. In addition um, to Beto, there's a couple of other pitchers that you may have heard or maybe you didn't. Uh, the A's have grabbed Michael Kelly and also recently re-signed Sean Newcomb. So they're filling up, you know, when pitchers and catchers report, it's going to be, there's probably going to be people with uniform numbers in three digits because they got to find an answer, man. The pitching was just... That was the issue last year. And which what we have is a lot of guys who have stuff but haven't figured out command yet. And I think, especially because they're all pretty young, that if Joe Boyle and Mason Miller and who knows, you know, maybe Beto uh, can live up to Luis Medina. Okay, do you notice there's a trend there? J.P. Sears. I mean, on and on and on. We have people who have all the raw ability in the world and certainly have stuff, but they walk too many batters. I mean, that's just it, plain and simple. And they give up a lot of hits. So, name of the game is get the outs, right? So you got to figure out a way to do that. So that's a coaching, I think, uh, issue or challenge, however you want to look at it. Spring training ought to be busy. Hey, this date in history, we got some stuff to tell you about. Let's set the way back clock all the way to 1925. And you may have heard the name, Mickey Cochran. Heard that name? A's catcher, great catcher, Hall of Famer for the Philadelphia A's. Uh, he hit three home runs to lead the A's to a big win over the St. Louis Browns, who eventually became... Baltimore Orioles, that's right. 20-3 to three was the final score in that game. Three homers from Mickey. By the way, a little fun fact for you, uh, he only hit six all year. Three in that game had, I think, one before that. So that's four. Yeah, and then he hit two more the rest of the way. Crazy, right? All three in one day. And fun fact number two, Mickey Mantle, the Mick, named after... Mickey Cochran. It's true. His dad's favorite player. Named him after Mickey. Mickey begat Mickey. A couple of good Mickeys, by the way. Uh, also on this date in A's 3, it was in the year 2000 where Jason Giambi hit a grand slam, and that's pretty cool. Uh, he did that for the A's, of course, and it was one of six 
that were hit that day. Can you believe that? Six, I mean, Grand Slams are rare, first of all, but to get six in one day, wow. Major League Baseball record, by the way. And uh, Jason was part of all of that. And it was on this date in 2014, November 21st, 2014, that Brandon Moss's home run in the fourth inning was the only hit that the A's were able to get off of Ray's pitching. Just one hit in nine innings. But they still beat Tampa that day, three to two. How does that happen? Well, you got Brandon's home run. And then in the second inning, actually before that, they scored two runs on two walks and two errors. No hits, two runs. And then Brandon with the solo dinger, and it's all Tommy Malone needed. A's win that game 3-2. to two. Kind of a crazy stat right there. Happy birthday to outfielder Rick Peters, who, you know, played for the Detroit Tigers for most of his career, but he did play two of his five big league seasons in Oakland. Outfielder appeared in 99 games for the Green and Gold in 83 and 86. Not sure what happened in 84, 85. I think he was back in the minors. But anyway, happy birthday or birth A to Rick Peters, who is uh, celebrating his 68th birthday today. Hope it's a happy one for you, Rick. And we want to thank you for being around. If you made it to the end here, of course, it's always great if you can give us a thumbs up so that we can spread the channel. And the other thing that's very important uh, is that you subscribe so you'll know when we're back here with another episode. Don't forget to check out our brand new national 24-7 streaming channel. It's on YouTube. It's the first ever covering all the top sports stories. It's Locked On Sports Today, and it's on YouTube, and you, you can subscribe there as well. If you're catching our podcast, wherever you do that, thank you again for making us your first listen. It's, of course, Locked On A's, your team, every day. And my name's Wayne Coy. I hope we get back together again soon. I'll be here. I'll be looking for you. And until then, you keep on swinging.